0: Rookie camp is over for the Pittsburgh Steelers, and we're going to get you some more insight on how things went and specifically what we saw that might be different this year from other years. That and some questions that we take here right on the Locked On Steelers podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter, here today with Alan Saunders of Pittsburgh Sports Now. Let's get into it.
1: You are Locked On Steelers, your daily Pittsburgh Steelers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: Hello, welcome to the Locked On Steelers podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter. Bringing you your daily dose of all things on the Pittsburgh Steelers. As always, you can find this show on your favorite podcasting app, and especially on YouTube. Like this video if you enjoy it. Subscribe to this YouTube channel to get all of your daily Monday through Friday episodes, as well as our bonus content. We thank you for making us your first listen every day, because we're your team every day. And today's episode is sponsored by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook partner of the NFL. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash on today to get started. And as I said before, we're joined by Alan Saunders. You can read all his words at SteelersNow.com. He's the man there. He was that at rookie camp with me. We were chilling in the hot sun, watching some guys run around without some pads on. But it was still good times. Good to have you back, Alan.
1: It was football-like, and uh, that was good enough for me.
0: Exactly. And I think I, I posted like a, like a minute and a half clip of just Broderick Jones doing some pass rush, just footwork drills. And then I saw people like,
2: oh, football.
0: Yes, please. More, more. Yes, yes. And I was like, guys, guys, it's May. We got a long <laughs> way to go. But I do think there were some cool things. And as I said before leading into this, the biggest thing about rookie camp that I look to see, one, are people not injured. And two, are how do our, how do guys talk when we get to meet them? Now that, now that they're in the facility, they're taking things on. How do they respond to questions? And it's still all preliminary. It's grains of sand sand into the big in the big beach that is going to be their career. But I think we saw some interesting things there. I want to play this clip of. Uh, of broderick jones because as we talked about last week you know or we not even last week we, we showed a clip of him on our saturday bonus episode go check that out if you missed it by the way of him talking about being excited to go up against joey bosa in week one of the season here's more of him talking about what he's looking forward to and working with the steelers and maybe even working looking forward to with his coaches so here's broderick jones Getting drafted is a special moment, but does it feel like a, a little bit more real? Do you put the helmet on and stuff yeah, on the field? Yeah, What's it's, that definitely, experience like?
2: it's definitely real now. Um, you know, just being here in the facility with the pads on, the gear, you know, getting to it, learning stuff, learning new things, and, you know, just trying to figure it out. So,
1: When this ends, will you stick around here or will you head back home for a little bit or what, well, after, what? after this weekend? No, I'll
2: be here. Kirby
0: Kirby Smart talked about the great relationship he had with you. What's your first impression of getting to know Coach Meyer and Coach Tomlin?
2: Oh, man, just being around them. You know, that's the best way for me to feel somebody out, just being around them, seeing what they're like, you know, what makes them, what motivates them, what ticks them, you know, just the little things. So. You know, really haven't been around them a whole bunch, not a lot of time, but, you know, as time goes on, you know, I, I plan to get to know them very well. You looking forward to going up against T.J. Watt and Alex Highsmith in a couple weeks? I'm looking forward for everything, man. You know, I'm just ready to get to work because I know those guys are going to push me to make me better. So, at the end of the day, win, lose, or draw, however it goes, you know, I'm always ready.
0: Now... Alan, when we're talking about being ready, we're talking about um, you know, we're talking about the challenges that Broderick Jones is going is going to face here. We brought it up briefly on the Saturday podcast, but then you and I talked about it even more on the final word, WPXI, on Sunday night. Broderick Jones not only faces Nick Bosa in week one. He potentially faces Miles Garrett in week two with the Browns, Max Crosby with the Raiders in week three with the Ra- with, with, with Las Vegas, and then maybe even Will Anderson, the third overall pick of the draft with the Houston Texans in week four. That's a lot of really talented, high-prestige, high-profile pass rushers he's going to have to go up against. He's going to need T.J. Watt and Alex Highsmith, I think, to put him through the rigor. And I think that's going to be the biggest thing about this whole lead up to September is how fast does he take on those challenges?
1: I think it's it's important for like this season. I don't know that it's important in the long run. I think, I think people get ahead of themselves. Like linemen take a long time to develop sometimes. They do. I don't think that's... Uh, a secret around the NFL and this is a guy that has a lot of work to do in terms of his pass protection. Uh, I think he's a pretty solid run blocker right now and and could be uh, if he had to play right away. But I think to me, you know, it doesn't matter to me when Broderick Jones plays as long as he plays well. You know, like those are really good pass rushers. I don't think it's like a five alarm fire if we see Dan Moore go out there week one, like at Mm-hmm. He's done really well against Miles Garrett. Let's, let's throw yeah. that out there. He, he has done really, start. really well against Miles Garrett. Like, I think I would have to be really impressed by what I see from Broderick Jones in training camp to think that he would be the better option from a pass protection standpoint uh, in Week Two. Like, I, I don't know. I I just think that's a lot to put on this guy's plate right away. I I think he has a ton of talent and. And is going to be a really good player, but I don't, I don't think it's I don't think it's a disaster if he doesn't start week one. Honestly, think you know, like that Texans game, and then you got kind of the schedule kind of lightens after that, right? Like, right. I don't know. It seems like there's a there's a nice, and then that week six bye, like seems like if you want to work a rookie lineman in. There's like a kind of a good spot on the schedule there to do it. I, I don't I don't hate that idea. So um, yeah, I don't know. I. I I think we're probably getting a little ahead of ourselves to be counting reps for uh, Broderick Jones against uh, Nick Bosa and, and Miles Garrett. Let's see how he does against TJ and Alex Highsmith first because, like you said, those guys are going to put him through the ringer. And, uh, you know, it was great. One of the things that Broderick said in his introductory press conference was that it was those practices his freshman year at Georgia that he really valued Uh, when he was going up against, you know, six first-round draft picks Mm -hmm. uh, as a freshman offensive lineman that he really felt accelerated his growth and got him ready. But, you know, he was a five-star prospect, went to Georgia, didn't play his first year at all, didn't play his second year until, uh, like, the eighth or ninth game. So, I mean, I don't know. We'll we'll see how he goes. We'll see how he takes. He's got a lot of work to do, but I'm not – I'm not feeling like this is a – I don't think the Steelers drafted him because they need him to play left tackle September 7th. I think they drafted him because he has the ceiling to be a really good starting left tackle in the league when he gets there.
0: The question will be, will, will he be able to win that win that first, that first starting left tackle spot by the start of the season? Uh, and like you said, it doesn't mean the end of the world or that he was a bust of a pick if he's not the, the day one starter. Like you said, it, there's guys. Chukwu for I think, is still growing into being an, an offensive lineman. Heck, defensive linemen take time. Kim Hayward didn't become an all-pro, pro-bowl guy. He did like first
1: two years. He exactly. did third season. It's okay now. Drafted 31st instead of 14th, but I mean – Cam Hayward's an all time great. Like it, linemen take some time sometimes.
0: Yeah. Linemen take time. It takes time to fill out your bodies, and Broderick Jones is really young. But like we're talking about here, I think a big part of this is also going to be how does he personally take on? He's going to get beat. He's going to get beat bad. And that was one thing I give Dan Moore a lot of credit for. The Steelers threw him in a lot of fire early on. And that first year, Alex Highsmith whooped him. I mean, it was just up and down, just every rep, he was getting killed. Now, wasn't that Alex Highsmith wasn't beating him in, in in year two, but he was able to hold his ground a bit more, and he looked more formidable as a left tackle, and that's where the progress was was seen there. And even so, Dan Moore Jr. still not a guy that I think projects to be the long term starter at left tackle for this team. Granted, they, that's why they drafted Broderick Jones. But the point I make is is this: we're going to see a lot of top tier edge rushers coming through the season because, mind you, some of those names, guys we named in miles in Miles Garrett, they're going to have to play them again later in the season, anyways. The Steelers just have to see Broderick Jones get making progress throughout all, all this time, and I think it's going to be up to Mike Tomlin, and it's going to it's going to be up to the Steelers as as staff as a whole to make sure that he's growing in the right way, so that he becomes Kenny Pickett's blindside protector. Because to me, that's the the ultimate part of this is that the Steelers have to make sure in that early gauntlet of pass rushers, I'm, I'm less worried about Broderick Jones, you know, getting embarrassed and more worried about what might happen to Kenny Pickett if he does get embarrassed and and the hits he might be forced to take which is the whole reason why they've been investing into this offensive line
1: right you you get the offensive lineman to protect Kenny Pickett you're not going to then put an offensive lineman that isn't ready for that workload out there because that's doing the opposite of protecting Kenny Pickett right Right. I I mean and so I, I don't think Dan Moore's a great left tackle but I think he's good enough that if they don't feel that Jones is ready, they're not going to feel the need to rush him. Um, there's some spots in this. There's the, the week six by. There's two other long weeks later in the year because they have Thursday night games. So then they have like what's well, like a nine-day week in between games. Like, there's plenty of time to fit a guy into the starting lineup. It's harder at tackle than it is at other positions because, you know, Joey Porter Jr., he's going to play. Whether he starts or not doesn't really matter. Who cares? He's going to play a lot week one. We'll figure it out how much going forward. But, uh, you know, usually you want to have one tackle. But I think there's some time to work him in. I'm not, not feeling the need to rush him. We'll see how things go. We will see how
0: things go. And uh, it'll be a lot to talk about, but it's, I think again, it's going to be really interesting to see how he grows in the process and how close will he be? Will he beat it starting? That'll be one of the major things that we see. Can't tell that right now it's football without, without pads. That's a, that's a big part of this. It's just, it's, it's, hey, just looked,
1: how do he how do you look at rookie camp? Was like, well, he didn't lay his hands on another guy in anger. Exactly. So he looked tall. I don't know what else you want me to say. <laughs> he
0: he looked he looked tall, but I'll, I'll I'll say this: the way he handled himself, he seemed like he was he was open eyed. And one thing that I, I asked Tomlin about in the in the presser uh, on Saturday at the end of the rookie camp media sessions, you know, I, I asked him. Kirby Smart talked about how he was just an, you know, Broderick Jones was just an eager learner, and he was he was quick to he was quick to like work with his coach, and he was really he wanted to be coachable. And I asked Tomlin like, did he live up to that? And Tomlin was like, yeah, sure he did, but everybody should when it's rookie camp. And so. So I think yeah. I thought it was kind of refreshing that he was just like I'm not giving this kid any credit just because he showed up and did what we expected him to do in the first two days of practice, and it was just like you know the way of that's a very Tomlin thing to do is just like yeah sure but I we expect he's a first round pick we expect there's a lot more out of this guy
1: yeah yeah and I think he has a good mindset and a good attitude though that's that's a good thing to have um, you know I, I don't I don't expect Tomlin to give him any credit for it but um, you know you can tell when guys are not. Fully focused on what's happening and not taking things seriously, and I you know I think Jones is a pretty diligent guy who's going to work hard and uh have some fun and I thought he has a, like an energy to him that I thought was appreciated from the guys who are around him, so that's good to see too,
0: absolutely. I want to talk more about, about, about the, where the Steelers are with some of those opponents we talked about, especially in the AFC. We'll get to that in just a minute here on the Locked On Steelers podcast. But first, before we do that, I want to tell you guys about our great message from uh, our sponsors, FanDuel, who sponsored this podcast. And with the NBA playoffs on fire right now, the conference finals are set. Lakers, Nuggets, Heat, Celtics. It's a lot of action right now. There's no better place to get in on that action than FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. And right now, they're giving all their new customers a no-sweat-first. Bet but gives you up to one thousand dollars back in bonus bets. If your first bet doesn't win on FanDuel, just go to fanduel.com slash locked on and you can sign up today to claim your no sweat first bet. You could bet on on, on who's who scores the most. Will Jimmy Butler go off again? Will LeBron be killing it? Will Jokic be, be you know, be able to post another triple double? All different things you can bet on on an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Don't miss your shot on a no sweat first bet up to one thousand dollars when you join FanDuel today by going to fanDuel.com slash Locked on to sign up, make every moment more with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Back here on the Locked On Steelers Podcast, I'm your host, Chris Carter, here with Alan Saunders of SteelersNow.com, Pittsburgh Sports Now, and all all that. Uh, Alan, before we get to this, I want to just a reminder to everyone who watches the show, we're going to take a call here in just a second from one of the people that called in. And just a reminder, you can call in anytime at 412-223-6644. Leave your name, where you're from, and keep your question under a minute, and we'll try to get you on the show. And we have a lot of calls that come in. There's a ton of calls that sometimes we don't get to, but I guarantee we will get to your call if you donate $10 $10 to the Cystic Fibrosis Foundation on the campaign link that I have provided above or on the screen right now. You can use the QR code that's currently on the screen if you want to If you want to use that to donate. There's also a link that'll be attached to this episode in the description, whether on YouTube or on whichever podcasting service you use. So without further ado, let's get to Parker, in the Pocono, who has a question about the Steelers standing in the AFC.
2: Hey, Chris, this is Parker from Pocono, PA. Um, I got a question for you about Steelers with all the off seasons and the draft, which I think we did pretty good and key necessary players. Um, How would you think the Steelers would do this season coming with how stacked the AFC is? Because getting Aaron Rodgers for the Jets, still got Patrick Mahomes, got your Joe Burrow. Yeah, so just let me know what's your thoughts about how well the Steelers will do this season off of whatever happened on the offseason, which Omar Khan did a great job. All right, thank you. Have a great one.
0: Thank you, Parker. Appreciate the question. Appreciate everyone who does call into 412-223-6644 to leave us a question and any donations you can give to the Cystic Fibrosis Foundation campaign we got running here. But, Alan, before we get to how the Steelers will do in the AFC, let's talk about this. Where, how how does the AFC stack up right now? Is it overloaded with supreme talent that's going to make the Steelers' success that much harder to get than last year? No. Oh
1: I think this is I think this is a such an overrated talking point. Like, interesting. Yeah. Are there good teams in the AFC? And are the best teams currently in the AFC? Yes. And would you rather that not be the case? Uh, sure. But look, I mean the best teams in the afc are the chiefs the bengals and the bills right we can agree on that that's those, those are the yeah, best yeah uh the steelers beat two of those three in their building in the last two years when the steelers were not good like good I, I don't know like what they don't scare me they're good teams i'm not like shaking in my shoes about playing those teams like they have noticeable holes the chiefs maybe like slightly in a different category, also the Chiefs not on the schedule this year. And yeah. Neither Bills. was that? Like I, you know, and the Jets. I love this one. Do do you all remember our last viewing of the New York Jets as they were tripping and falling over losing to a 2 list Miami Dolphins team oh, to boy. keep the Steelers out of the playoffs? Do we just forget what the Jets looked like? And Aaron yeah. Rodgers was bad last year. Like. I don't know. Maybe he'll be better. You reunite him with his court coordinator. You put some decent—I mean, I think some pretty decent weapons around him. But like, I don't know. I don't, why are we anointing the Jets and just assuming that the Steelers aren't going to get a lot better too? I don't know. I don't see it. I, I think it's it's way over discussed. Uh, there aren't there isn't a team in the AFC I don't think the Steelers can be. I you know the way you put it right there. I'm not too scared of of the Steelers
0: having a, having a hard time beating any of these teams. And the other part of this, like you said, I'm going to pull up the schedule here. The teams that they play, like you said, they don't play the Chiefs or the Bills. And frankly, I think the Steelers. We saw them split with the Bengals last year, and heck, they came seven points within, uh, sending it to overtime last year against them. Uh, you know, in in this in the second game. I think they can absolutely hang with them. And yes, sure. The, the the Browns will have Deshaun Watson with a full year of being on the team. But the Browns also didn't add much to their roster this year because they didn't have a draft because they are basically down to a third year, a third round pick there. Um, they lost Davian Clowney. You and know, they just traded for Zadari Smith. We'll see how that goes uh with uh, with, with that and Clint, like, I don't
1: know. I mean, it's just, I think the Browns will be better, but they're not like uh, they're not terrifyingly good to me. I think the Steelers are way underrated in this this whole conversation. I just don't understand why we're looking at the Jets and saying, "Oh, the Jets got Aaron Rodgers, who, by the way, was not very good last year." And is he wasn't old, okay? Uh, and saying, "Oh my God, the Jets are going to be so much better." And we're looking at the Steelers, who played a rookie quarterback, have their whole team coming back basically, and you're like, oh, "What? You're going to have a healthy T.J. Watt probably." Like, why are we not talking about the Steelers? Like, they're going to be a lot. Better. I don't. I don't get it. I don't know why the Jets. Oh, You're firing the, up the, the comment Jets section. So much better, but the Steelers are going to be the same. I don't. I don't buy it. You're firing
0: up the comment the comment section. I guarantee you right now. Like,
1: yes, Alan Saunders, get him on
0: every episode. He's he's bringing the heat. And I feel you though. I feel you on the excitement because here's my thing. I also think the Steelers are going to be pretty good this year. I- I'm not saying they're going to be Super Bowl contenders, but I'm I'm right with you. I, they they can they can walk up to the to the Bengals and take those guys on. The Bengals also lost both their starting safeties, who were a huge part of what made that defense good at times, and that's what and that was a big part of what made that team more of a balanced team last year. It wasn't just Joe Burrow lighting it up every week. That defense, especially in in that playoff win against the Ravens, had to play very well for them to get where they, where they are and they lost two big pieces uh, and they're going to need to have some other, uh, other uh, overturns. I think there's going to be a lot of questions there, but like you said, going back to this schedule, I mean, some of the teams they got to face, like I said, then I've said before the Niners getting them in week one. I think that's the biggest favor the Steelers got, got uh, as far as all of this, that being your week one game, they might have some QB problems. They have sure, they had the best defense last year and they, and they, and they got Javon Hargrave back now, but I think week one, the Steelers will be coming coming out fired, red hot, and they'll be ready to play. But you look the rest of the schedule. I mean, the Ravens and the Bengals, your 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 division rivals, you go up against them all the time. Trevor Lawrence, the Jaguars, they were a playoff team, but you know they they are still figuring out who they are as well. Uh, all these teams that are on their schedule are not some otherworldly caliber. Like I don't look at this like last year when we looked when you and I before the season were looking at that run of. The, the 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 Eagles, the Bills, and the run that they were going to have, we were gonna like, man, that's going to be a rough stretch. And sure enough, they started the season, what, one and six or whatever, one and seven. Yeah, I just
1: don't, don't see anything like that this year.
0: I, I, agreed. And like you said, last year they had a rookie quarterback. They lost their best player and maybe the best defensive player in the NFL still – TJ Watt for two months, and somehow they rebounded and found a way to go nine and eight this year. You bar any of those, those types of injuries, you have a better Kenny Pickett. You hope you've invested in the offensive line, but not just with Broderick Jones, with Isaac Samalo and depth pieces. You you probably gotten a little bit sharper in your run game after the line coalesced last year. The pass game might be a little bit sharper because of all that. And then, as we said, the defense could be more. Cons- I, I look at this and I say, man. I'm right with you. As much as yes, there's talent in the AFC, there's big names in the AFC. I think the Steelers could bang right with those guys, especially if they play the style of football. We're talking about them playing, playing great defense, running the football well, and then making it a more balanced attack. So Kenny Pickett doesn't have to air it out for them to win games.
1: And the Steelers have an easy schedule. Like they they do. They have an yeah. easy schedule. Some of those other teams are gonna play harder schedules than the Steelers are. They have the advantage this year of having not made the playoffs last year of having finished third in their division and they get an easier schedule because of it. And, and you know, like that's, and they get some luck, like they're playing the AFC South. I don't know. Maybe Jacksonville's good. The rest of those teams don't scare me at all. Um, you know, like what, the, the the NFC West is as down as it has been in a very long time. I mean, mm-hmm. the Seahawks still had a good la- year last year, but I don't think anybody's looking at them like they're a Super Bowl team. The Cardinals are idea. faster, yeah. like you know. I mean, I, I just think they're this. This sets up very nicely for the Steelers to me. I don't think that we should be uh, terrified of this big bad AFC boogeyman like it's some. Unconquerable foe, and the one, the last one to me is Lamar Jackson. The Steelers own that guy. Now, are the Ravens going to win a lot of games with him? Yeah, sure. Yeah, but like, I, if I'm the Steelers, I'm not particularly concerned about Lamar Jackson coming back. That's the in fact. They've had a harder time with his backups than they've had with him. Well, <laughs> he, you know, I don't. He he's a good player. I mean, obviously, I have a lot of respect for him, but I don't think the Steelers should be shaking in their boots because he's coming back.
0: A thing that you said too, as well, them finishing third in the division, they hadn't done that since 2012. Like they've been first or second for almost an entire decade, which means you know, and that doesn't just that doesn't just mean oh yay, like you know, it's it's first or second place, but it's also that's the schedule you're being that's given. You're games. playing the, that's three games where you're getting either the best team of a division from the previous year, like the Chiefs, like the Bills. Or you're getting the second best team, which some years was still the Bills if it was if the Patriots were still on those years. Um, you know but and that's i think that's a big part of what's happened with the steelers uh you know you know in the past in the past few years is that they've had to play some of the teams third third yeah third uh in the division this year that's changed up their schedule now when, when you look at it um that's part of why they're playing the raiders instead of the in, instead of the chiefs um you know yeah so I, again i'm i'm right with you man i think that whereas yes the afc is, has some serious talent in it but to answer parker's question i think they stack up very well in it and i expect them to who make the playoffs uh, when when all is said and done this year. Alan, we got to switch topics real quick and get to some more of your rookie camp thoughts here because I want to ask you something that you were talking about with, with, off camera with and how things might be a little different with how rookie camp worked. And some of that might give some insight into what Omar Khan in this front office is doing. We'll talk about that in a minute here on the Locked On Steelers podcast. I'm your host Chris Carter here with Allen Saunders. Stick with us. Back here on the Locked On Steelers Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter, here with Alan Saunders of SteelersNow.com. Of course, Pittsburgh Sports Now group. Um, Alan, something you and I were talking about, and it was about differences in rookie camps. Now, I this was my first af- rookie camp that I've attended. I've I haven't been able to go to others because of other jobs that I've had, but this year, this was this was this was a, a, an opportunity I got to see it. And you noted something after other rookie camps that you've covered that was a bit of a difference because you explain it to our audience and
1: what you think it might mean. Yeah, I thought there was just a different focus to this year's rookie camp. There were a lot of tryouts there. I mean, a lot, a lot of tryouts. And it was very clear. I wrote this at This was an all-hands-on-deck scouting job to fill this roster. I mean, they have guys from all over, right? I mean... Uh, Gable Adipo from Texas Tech, all American uh, hammer and discus thrower, never played a down-to-college football. Clemson's backup quarterback, uh, eight-year vet Nick Boyle, who's going to change his position to long snapper. Like, you know, uh, six guys from HBCUs where Omar Khan was the only general manager to go to the HBCU combine in New Orleans. And then they bring six guys to the to the rookie camp on tryouts. Um you know, there's a kicker from Mexico. Like, they, like they, they were searching far and wide to find guys to fill this roster, and then they didn't treat them like camp fodder, I didn't think. I thought those guys got a chance to show what they could do, and it was this very interesting sort of breakdown where you saw position coaches, especially position coaches, where the team has a high draft pick. So, like, Pat Meyer was just married to Broderick Jones. And, and Grady Brown had Joey Porter Jr. on this shoulder and, and Corey Trice on this shoulder all weekend, right? And, and you saw lots of instruction, you know, individual instruction about technique and things the Steelers want to change and improve. And I could get into some super boring minutiae About that, but if you're into that kind of thing, you can check it out SteelersNow.com. But I'm not going to go into like (laughs) how exactly they want Broderick Jones' foot to move in his pass sets, but they want to change it. Okay, so we got all that. But then it was sort of like Tomlin in Canada and 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 the scouts that were there and and TA and those guys were were sort of the evaluators, right? They were looking at these guys to see okay, we've got five open contracts. That's more than I think I can remember them having going into this. Usually they're already at 90 and it's like, okay, if we're going to sign a tryout, we've got to cut a guy. I, I don't mm-hmm. remember them having five spots open where it was this really like, hey, play your way onto this team. And uh, I think it made for a really interesting uh, camp and, and a little bit more like, you know, hey, it's like we said, it's, it's, football in shorts it's it's football like but i thought it, it did make it like they gave them an opportunity to be competitive and i, I like that I, I haven't seen a lot of that um in in my experience in rookie camps over the years
0: i uh, know i i agree you know i think that there's in, in the sense that that I, I don't get to see rookie camp but i see rookie camp rosters and it was kind of like well wow, there's a lot of guys here and uh and there's it's just like there's this seems like there's something going on here that they're looking for something in someone and part of it might be the rebuilding phase you know we've talked about how i think this is a big chance for mike Tomlin to rebuild how he wants his locker room to look and i think he wants more guys that really want it and an easy way to, te- to find those guys, not an easy way, it's actually pretty hard, but a-, a way to find those guys, guaranteed, are guys who come to you and prove who they are to you from the jump. Uh, not just guys you draft, but guys who earn their way onto the roster the hard way. And if you find those guys, and even if they're just special teamers for a couple years, you know they're the hardest working special teamers because they're your guys. They're not veterans that you signed off and come in. Yeah, you can expect them to hold up a professional standard. But they're also gonna be guys that may not be as invested into the team. Whereas you get if a guy comes comes into here, uh, like I think it was Alonzo Graham, running back out of out of Morgan State, I was a guy who was an HBC, he's an HBCU player, was brought in and he earned it. He, he, he was signed. About so he this
1: big he, Yeah, uh, he's also tiny. But
0: but that's a guy who now rocket motor uh, behind him though. right, uh, no, he, he gets going. But, <laughs> but 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 Alan, I mean a guy like that. Now he's that's that he's signed with an NFL team, and now he's going to be able to come into to, to OTAs. He's extra motivated to like, hey, every day I'm going to be proving it. And I think there's a competition that Mike Tomlin, Omar Khan, this this whole organization wants to foster amongst all the guys to fight for those last roster spots, and that'll push everyone on down the line and help create this environment that I think they want to rekindle with the Steelers locker room.
1: Yeah, a guy named Mike Panacea, who's uh, he played defensive line at Michigan State, got to the NFL, moved to center with the Carolina Panthers, did the, like, practice squad thing, washed out, got cut. Steelers had him in, in, in like, the end of the year for a free agent visit. They were, they were, you know, probably, you know, considering whether to sign him to, like, a reserve contract, you know, put him on the 90-man. Then they didn't. He went to the XFL, was an all-XFL center, uh, I believe for St. Louis, and then comes back to try out a rookie minicamp. And he's like 30 in this rookie mini camp full of like 21, 22, 23 year old guys. He's bald. He's got a big mm-hmm. beard, Uh, you know, stands out. But like, man, you know, that guy wants it, right? Like, that. I, I, I'm I, with you. I, I thought it was, I don't want to make too much out of rookie mini camp at, at, in any direction, good or bad. But I did think there was a real positive competitive energy because of the way they structured things that I really, I'm not sure I've seen in the past. And I think that is uh, that's if there's something to notice, that's different about this rookie
0: camp compared to others. That's what I think we're both looking at here is maybe a tonal shift for how the Steelers use rookie camp. Because, Like you said, in the past, it's been more so about, hey, we drafted these guys, let's make sure that they get in, let's see how adept they are, let's see how serious they are, and then get them ready for OTAs because then that's that's what's going to – And they didn't sign
1: that many undrafted guys. There's only six undrafted free agents. Usually they sign like 10, 12. It almost seems like they kind of intentionally held some spots – to dangle some carrots for tryouts, right? Maybe. Like it, it almost like kind of feels like that, that they could have signed some more undrafted guys right after the draft. They didn't. They left some slots over. They want guys to come in and earn it. I don't know. It's interesting. They're not a team that spends a lot of money in that undrafted free agent marketplace. And I think that's something where they've fallen behind a little bit, where like a lot of other teams are now giving out some like six-figure signing bonuses and guaranteed money to undrafted guys. And I think they've decided they're not going to play that game. But maybe this is another way instead of saying, okay, like, I don't know, we didn't get any of the guys we really wanted. Instead of just going down the line and going to the next guy, maybe they find a way to make that process more competitive and bring, guy, bring a – you know, cast a wider net. Instead of signing one guy who you're not really sure about, let's bring in 30 of them, and then we'll mm-hmm. know if we're really sure about them. And, uh, you know, I, I, I wrote – I think the Browns had five – tryouts and the Texans had four and the Steelers had thirty-three. <laughs> like, there's there's something going on there, right? Like that's like you don't get that different from your peers unless there's something intentional happening.
0: I I, I'm right with you. There's something going on here and we'll see how the Steelers handle it. How many more of those tryouts guys that they will sign. and, uh, And if they don't sign them, who do they go get? Because OTAs, I think there's, we have a full week off of the Steelers doing their own thing, but then OTAs will be starting up and then mini camp is right around the corner. And then, we will get to see who who become all their training camp invitees. It's going to be a fun process seeing that. Find out more about that at Alan Saunders with his group, SteelersNow.com. Alan, let me know all the things you guys got coming up and where to find it.
1: SteelersNow.com, myself, Nick Fairbaugh, whole gang uh, writing. Um, you know, we got some interviews left over from rookie camp, getting into some film on some of these rookies, uh, going a little bit more in depth with that this week. And then, yeah, getting ready for OTAs. They'll be here before you know it just next week, so. Uh, A lot going on, and I'm going to try to take a couple days off here because uh, I'm allowed to. (laughs)
0: Well, yeah, yeah, you're the boss, man. You can do you can do what you need to do. Uh, Alan, thanks so much for joining us here in the Locked On Steelers podcast. Appreciate everything you do. Go check him out at at underscore Pgh on Twitter to find his stuff or SteelersNow.com to go all his written work. I'm your host, Chris Carter, here in the Locked On Steelers podcast. Before I sign off, wanted to wish a happy belated Mother's Day to my mom. Was able to spend a a nice brunch with her. I love her. I love you so much, mom. I hope you that you that you're continuing to have a great week going into everything else here. Thank you for everything you've ever done for me i love you very much and I'm Chris Carter, your host of the Lockdown Steelers Podcast. Find me on Twitter and Instagram at Carter Critiques. You can also read my work at the Pittsburgh Post Gazette, post-gazette.com, where I cover all things pit athletics. You can also find this show, the Lockdown Steelers Podcast, on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, every podcast platform out there. We are there, and especially on YouTube. Like this video. If you enjoyed it on YouTube, subscribe to this YouTube channel to get all of our daily episodes, and if you want to help out with, with the campaign we got going here on the show, Cystic Fibrosis Foundation help us by donating to the cause that we have here below. Uh, if you use the QR code, it'll take you to my donation page you can also use the link that's on screen we also have it attached in the description of both the the uh, uh the the podcast episode on your audio platform that you're listening on or in the youtube description uh for you to get there as well any money helps us get closer to finding the cure for cystic fibrosis that impacts tens of thousands of people in america every year thanks again for everyone checking out the show back tomorrow with more on your pittsburgh steelers right here on the locked on steelers podcast